Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Supermax Inc. second quarter 2021 results conference call. At this time, note that all participants are in a listen-only mode. Following the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. If at any time during this call you require immediate assistance, please press star zero for the operator. Also be reminded that this call is being recorded on Thursday, August 12, 2021. I would now like to turn the call over to Danielle Saint-Marie. Please go ahead. Thank you, Jessica. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Danielle Saint-Marie, and I am an independent advisor and act in an investor relations capacity for Supremex. With us today is Stuart Emerson, President and CEO, and Mary Kronopoulos, who recently joined the company as Chief Financial Officer and Corporate Secretary. I would like to welcome you to today's conference call to discuss our financial and operational results for the second quarter ended June 30th, 2021, which were released earlier today. This call will be held in English. J'aimerais vous rappeler que cet appel sera tenu en anglais. For a more detailed analysis of our results, please see our financial statements, our management discussion analysis, and our press release disclosed earlier this morning and available on the company's website and on CDAR. In addition, we posted a presentation supporting this conference call, which is available through the webcast and on our website. I'd like to remind listeners that this conference call contains forward-looking information within the meaning of applicable Canadian securities laws, and I refer the audience to the forward-looking statement as detailed in the presentation supporting this conference call. Furthermore, risks and uncertainties are discussed throughout the annual information form dated March 31, 2021, under the heading Risk Factors, and updated in our latest NDMA. Unless stated otherwise, all figures are expressed in Canadian dollars. During this call and on the accompanying presentation, we use various non-IFRS measures, including adjusted EBITDA and adjusted net earnings. These terms are also defined in our MDNA. With these formalities out of the way, we'd like to turn the call over to Stuart Emerson, President and CEO at Supremex, to, view, to review this period's key operational highlights. Stuart? Thank you, Danielle, and good morning, everyone. Um, before I start our uh, the review of our operational results, I'd like to take this opportunity to introduce uh, Mary Kronopoulos, who was appointed to the position of CFO in uh, effective May 31st of this year. Mary is a highly accomplished financial executive with over 20 years experience in finance with large private and public companies. Uh, she was previously a chief financial officer at Energier, a diversified uh, energy company with over $2.5 billion in sales and has held various executive roles in finance and with leading retail and consumer packaged goods companies, including Group BMR, Aldo Group, and Saputo. I look forward to working with Mary, channeling her energy, enthusiasm, and experience um, toward the Supremex uh, growth strategy and diversification strategy. So I'm, ex I'm extremely pleased with our second quarter results. After robust 2020 and Q1, and despite the obvious COVID-related challenges, we're coming out of the first half of the year in a strong position with continued revenue and profitability growth anchored firmly in our strategic plan. In fact, the second quarter of 2021 marks our sixth consecutive quarter of year-over-year -year improvement in adjusted EBITDA profitability. This strong performance comes from activities across the organization, including growing packaging revenues, 
strong market share gains in U.S. envelopes supported by the Canadian envelope locations, continued rationalization and synergies in the Canadian envelope platform, the Q1 2021 strategic acquisition of Vista Graphic Communications in the U.S., and finally, our ability to quickly impl implement price increases across all of our lines of business in lockstep with rapid cost inflation, particularly in the price of paper. This is an important driver of profitability in the quarter and historically. For added color on the packaging side, profitability was supported by a growth in sales as a result of the acquisition of Vistagraphic Communications, a COVID rebound, particularly in the health and beauty segments, and the ability to quickly pass through cost increases and by the continued improvement of our folding carton operations. The revenue growth experienced in this segment overcame a, a sizable negative foreign exchange impact as an important and growing share of revenues in packaging comes from U.S. customers. Continued ongoing, ongoing growth experienced in the U.S. envelope market is the result of focused efforts and specific investments dedicated to strengthening our internal sales teams on both sides of the border and from the additional available capacity unlocked in the Royal Envelope acquisition, which allowed us to strengthen both, both our position in Canada and to continue, continue to slowly gain market share south of the border. This growth was also in spite of negative FX conversion in both the quarter and year-to-date as 100% of it is transacted in U.S. dollars. Canadian Envelope continues to perform well as the economy starts to gain life. We are encouraged as we see customers starting to rebuild inventories and an improvement in the product mix. Importantly, we're, we are positioned to swiftly implement price increases in lockstep with rising costs and the team has executed well. Finally, we continue to extract procurement and cost synergies from the Royal Acquisition, which coupled with the closure of the Edmonton facility and the downsizing of the Moncton facility, benefited our bottom line. Clearly, the Supremex Inc. results demonstrate the potential and value of our growth and diversification strategy. Of course, none of this happens without the dedication and hard work of our team members, who have worked tirelessly and safely to see us through the worst of the pandemic and allowed us to continue our to service our customers in the consistent, predictable, and reliable fashion that they have become accustomed to which translated to profitable growth with the, for the company. We intend to renew our normal course issuer bid, which has been very active over the past 12 months. Since the start of the current NCIB, scheduled to expire August 16th of this year, we've repurchased a total of 1,326,200 common shares, representing 4.7% of the total shares outstanding. We believe the combination of the NCIB renewal and the continued dedication to our growth and diversi diversification objectives is a capital allocation strategy that has the potential to re return the most value to shareholders. Looking ahead, while the longer-term effects of the health crisis on envelope demand is unclear, I expect the Canadian envelope market to improve in the coming quarters with the reopening of the economy, increased activity, customers rebuilding inventory, and potentially the reemergence of direct mail, partially compensating in the short term for the longer-term secular decline. In the U.S. envelope market, while it is not easy, we still have less than 5% of the market. And I am confident that the efforts to build our sales and marketing teams, along with the additional capacity unlocked in the Royal Acquisition, will continue to pay dividends in the U.S. envelope market. As for packaging, we are very excited. 
Vista Graphic Communication integration is going extremely well. We've installed a strong operator with 30 plus years experience in the packaging industry into the general manager's position. Customers have embraced the transition and are excited about the expanded capability we bring to the table. The e-commerce equipment ordered and slated for the Vista Indianapolis location is running about two months late from the manufacturer, but we expect to have the much needed additional capacity in the US by the end of 2021. Serving our growing American e-commerce customer base locally and adding capacity will provide significant cost advantages and growth opportunities that we expect to recognize in 2022. We have a robust pipeline in both e-commerce and folding, folding carton and while both the labor and raw material markets remain extremely tight, we are well positioned for important continued growth in packaging. As always, our operational priorities remain to manage the Canadian Envelope platform to maximize its cash flow generation, to grow into the U.S. envelope market using both Canadian and U.S. assets, and continued penetration and diversification in the growing value-added packaging segment. I would now turn the call over to Mary Kronopoulos, our Chief Financial Officer, for, to review our financial results. Mary? Thank you very much, Stuart. Good morning, everyone. I'm very proud to join the Supermex family, particularly at this time, and can't wait to help the team further implement its growth and diversification strategy. We're pleased to report the total revenue for the second quarter 2021 was up 8.7% to $51.8 Revenue from the envelope segment was up 7.6% or 2.4 million to 35.2 million. For Canadian envelope revenue grew by 4.5% or 1 million to 23.2 million. Average selling prices increased by 9.4% from last year's comparable period on swiftly implemented price increases to reflect rising input costs and from changes in product mix offset by volume decreases of 4.5% from the secular decline affecting the envelope market. Revenue for the U.S. envelope market increased by 14.1% or $1.4 million to $12 million. The volume of units sold increased by 28.7% from efforts dedicated to gain market share and from the COVID-19 economic rebound. Although price increases were implemented in the United States market, our average selling price, once translated in Canadian dollars, actually decreased by 11.3% from the negative foreign exchange translation during the period. Packaging and specialty product segment revenue grew by 11.1% or 1.7 million to 16.6 million, primarily from the acquisition of Vista Graphic Communications concluded on March 8, 2021. Our second quarter EBITDA and adjusted EBITDA increased by 24.1% and 24.2% respectively to 8.6 million from 6.9 million in the second quarter of 2020. This resulted from higher revenue in both segments, operational efficiencies derived from the cost optimization plan, and 900,000 recorded in subsidies. Adjusted EBITDA margins increased by 16.5% of revenue compared to 14.5% in the equivalent quarter of 2020. Excluding the contribution of the subsidies, adjusted EBITDA margins stood at 14.9% of revenue in the second quarter of 2021. The envelope segment adjusted EBITDA was up 10.6% to 6.3 million. The operating profitability of the Canadian envelope operations improved with the operational efficiencies derived from the cost optimization plan, in addition to higher sales volume. On a percentage of segmented revenue, Adjusted EBITDA from the envelope segment was 18%, up 
up from 17.5% in the equivalent period of 2020. The packaging and specialty product segments adjusted EBITDA grew by 20.6% to 2.4 million, primarily from the acquisition of Vista Graphic Communications. Adjusted EBITDA margins from the packaging and specialty operations increased by 14.5% to 13.3% in the equivalent quarter of 2020. The balance of the variance results primarily from the contributions of Q's. Q2 2021 net earnings and adjusted net earnings were 3.4 million or 12 cents per share compared to 1.9 million or 7 cents per share for the equivalent period in 2020. Cash flows related to operating activities decreased by 4.9 million from 10.7 million in Q2 2020, resulting from a negative net change in working capital. Total net debt stands at 54 million, down from 56.8 million, despite an amount of 2.7 million used to acquire Vista Graphics Communication in Q1 2021. During Q2 2021, the company also purchased 488,100 common shares for cancellation under its NCIB program for a total consideration of $1,106,683. And as Stuart mentioned, we intend to renew our normal course issuer bid expiring on August 16, 2021. A press release will be issued upon its approval by the TSX. I would now like to turn the call over to analysts for questions. Operator? Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now begin the question and answer session. Should you have a question, please press the star followed by the one on your touchtone phone. You will hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request and your questions will be polled in the order they are received. Should you wish to decline from the polling process, please press the star followed by the two. And if you're using a speakerphone, please lift the handset before pressing any keys. One moment, please, for your first question. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Operator, I see there's someone on the um, on the queue. I think you might want to let them through. Absolutely. So our first question comes from Neil Linsdale of IA Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Yeah. Thanks. Good morning, guys. Hi, Neil. Um, so that's so that's some pretty uh, pretty good performance in a difficult market. Can you, you you talk about the U.S. envelope? I think that was. Um, kind of quite strong. Uh, you talked about market share gains. How, how much of that or the improvement over last year was kind of a restocking after destocking in Q2 2020 versus efforts to really expand your, your customer base? Uh, in the U.S., I mean, when we talk about restocking, that was primarily, primarily directed towards Canadian envelope customers. In the U.S., um, while there was some, the majority of it is further penetration of both customers and the market as uh, as a whole. Limited impact okay. on restocking on the U.S. volume. Okay. I think the big driver there, Neil, if I could just, uh, just expand a little bit, is 
you know, our capacity, our, our capacity out of the Canadian operations, available capacity out of the Canadian operations has increased as, you know, we've moved uh, some of the Royal production for, East, for Eastern, Canada, Eastern Canada to our Montreal locations and for Western Canada to our Western Canada locations creates additional capacity in Toronto that we can sell into the U.S. Really helped us uh, help the team out there grow. And, and is that what are exactly the clients looking for in the U.S.? Is it really about surety of better supply that you're you're able to offer because of your your scale, or is it more the is it more of a pricing or you know product advantages okay. or anything? Yeah, the U.S. market is clearly more price sensitive than the Canadian envelope market is, but um, there, there's significant supply chain issues uh, out there, um, being one of the top five or five largest uh, envelope manufacturers in North America. We have a pretty robust supply chain, so we're able to um, we're able to do some things on the raw material side that perhaps some of the smaller U.S. competitors can't do. So it's a little bit shoring up supply chain. The other part, as being uh, a big uh, provider with vast resources, um, we can bring some things to the table uh, that other suppliers can't, and customers appreciate it. And is that like technological innovation because you do probably have bigger R&D budgets than some of the other competitors? Yeah, I would say R&D is probably not it. Um, you know, most of it envelopes and envelopes and envelopes. <laughs> But there are some there are some things that we can do as you know some some capabilities that we have that not everybody has. I mean they're not proprietary by any stretch, but you know the ability to print four colors and double windows and large windows, not everybody can do that. And um, you know as we get as the sales team uh, is built out and is reaching uh, new customers and introducing Supremex. Um, with these capabilities, it's um, you know we're an appealing uh, and attractive option for uh, for new customers. Okay. Just uh, and reflecting back over the last say 12 or 18 months, and I and I'm thinking more about the packaging side, but this could be applicable to the envelope side. With everything that your customers have had to uh, go through to change their practices or procedures or, or where they're focusing on, what can you talk about how customers are behaving or uh, kind of products or technology they're asking for now that is going to work in your favor or that you have to, you know, change your approach to be able to address it? I'm just wondering about, like, how the, the pandemic and everything has changed what they're looking at. Uh, there's a few things in there. Um, with the scarcity of supply um, and rapid inflation, I think customers are sort of first focusing on ensuring that they have product available and they're, they're securing and you know securing the supply chain just to make sure um, that they've got products. So they they're they're gravitating towards you know more tier one type uh, suppliers um, that have more robust um, supply chains themselves for raw materials. The other, the other thing is as we work from home, um, the requirement for IT capabilities and integration, storefronts, uh, electronic medias, which inherently come um, or, or we're able to provide with scale are becoming more and more important from, for customers as their 
know, reaching um, reaching into their supply chain uh, remotely. So a lot more pressure on IT to to deliver storefronts and integration to the um, to the ERP platforms. Okay. I think the other thing, if I could just say it out loud, it's a bit of a trend, and and I. Um, there seems to be, and again, probably goes back to the supply chain, there seems to be less uh, RFQing of um, volume uh, where, you know, we're not seeing uh, large customers that would traditionally go through a, a cycle of RFQs on a regular basis. They seem to seem to be put on hold a little bit. And again, I think that's just as they're focusing on other things and people are working remotely versus working through some of those initiatives. Hmm. Uh, and specifically, uh, I guess that applies to the packaging as, as well as the envelope. But on the packaging, I, I'm wondering if with the, you know, the growth of e-commerce and people looking at their um, uh, you know, how they're dealing with their packaging going from like, you know, plastic to cardboard or anything like that. Have, have Is there any noticeable differences in what customers are looking for or new customers that are looking for your types of solutions that kind of stand out? Uh, absolutely. Sorry if I misinterpreted your first question. So, yes, I mean, our customers are just a microcosm of society at large. Um, you know, the first threshold they have to clear is, is the stuff available. We've really positioned ourselves as the environmental um, solution as most paper-based companies have. Um, so, you know, we've, uh, customers are, are constantly looking to us to right-size packaging, make it more efficient to, to push through the courier or mail stream, and then the environmental side of renewable um, raw materials like paper. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a important consideration for customers, particularly on the e-commerce side. Yeah, I'm just wondering how about how much you think of yourselves as a kind of an ESG focused company or you know friendly company from that perspective. Yeah, the um, the formality of ESG, we're not quite there, but we're certainly um, we certainly position ourselves with our customers on the um, on the environmental side of the ledger. Okay. So then just overall, I mean, you know, Vista Graphics looks like a, a good opportunity as far as channel expanding that capacity into the U.S. Right now, um, I don't know if you can talk about the CapEx spending that you have ongoing, but what's the restraint or what's constraining your growth at the this time? I think we've talked about labor shortages before, skilled labor, and right now do you need to build that equipment? Do you need to uh, acquire other companies for more distribution, geographic reach? What's, what do you need to do now to grow more or faster than uh, you are? Well, for the time being, the, the geographic reach will be taken care of when the new equipment comes into the Vista graphic communication facility. Um, that was our play on the geographic reach, being closer to our customers. Our IP is really around uh, pushing product cost-effectively through the United States Postal Service. So that part will be taken care of with the with the capex that we've already committed to and is on the ocean now, uh, on its way to Indianapolis. Um, the bigger the bigger constraints right now continue to be labor, and the one that's kind of reared its head over 
the last uh, three quarters has been tightness of supply. Literally, paper mills uh, and all of our our primary raw material across all of our businesses are paper related, whether it's um, and across all paper grades, um, the mills are on allocation, there's moratoriums where they're not even accepting new orders. So, you know, it, it's a bit of a double-edged sword, but on the positive side, it's hard for your competitors, you know, to aggressively pursue large pieces of business Obviously, the flip side is it's um, it's more difficult. I mean, if you're if you're going after a large piece of business, you actually have to reach out and secure the ensure you can secure the paper before you can take the business. So that one right now between labor and um, raw material supply chain are the are the two biggest inhibitors. Right. I think in previous quarters, we've previous years, we've we've had this similar type of situation where because of the volumes that you purchase, it's actually, as you said, it's worked to your advantage, hasn't it? So would that yeah, continue so to be the case? Yeah, okay. I should have finished the thought there, and thanks for the uh, for the lead. Um, again, with scale, uh, with our you know ability to pay our bills in a timely fashion, you know our history, treating suppliers with with respect in good times and in in bad, uh, we have a very robust supply chain, and we're a destination customer for for a lot of the mills which actually gives us a leg up on potentially smaller players or other competitors that purchase opportunistically in the market or buy offshore um, on a regular basis. You know, it's a little bit of um, a little bit of a gamesmanship. Uh, I'm trying to think of that, the old game where somebody does musical chairs where you know somebody doesn't have a chair and some of our some of our competitors are are finding they don't have a chair right now. Right. So that that's positive for some Okay. And before, I, I know we've had periods where there's been kind of irrational pricing in the market. Is there any of that going on now, or is it pretty stable? Oh no. If if you have paper, um, you're not being irrational with it. Right. So it's good market. There's, there's much more stability in the market today. Okay. Uh, and maybe I'll, I'll finish. Uh, Sorry? Across all the lines of business, not just U.S. envelope right. or pack, all of them. Okay. Uh, maybe I'll just finish off by putting Mary on the spot here. Um, I'll, I won't ask you about weaknesses and threats to the business, but you've had a little bit of time to settle in now, so maybe can you express any kind of strengths and opportunities that you're seeing that either brought you to SupremeX or now that you're embedded, you see uh, what SupremeX can do? Well, really what brought me to Premax is really, um, well, there's twofold. Um, uh, one, I mean, the, 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 the position the company is in financially is, uh, is, uh, is excellent. You know, we're, we're really, we have very strong cash flows. We're in a great financial position, which really, uh, with all of my discussions with stewards and with, uh, you know, the senior leadership just puts us in a great position uh, to continue to grow the business going forward. Um, and so that's really what attracted me to, uh, to SupremeX. There's, uh, I see a lot of potential, and, uh, and we're, we're in a really great place right now to, to, go, after, uh, to go after that potential and to, and, to, uh, you know, and to deliver on our strategic objectives. 
Okay. I'll ask you again in three months. Great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it for me. Thanks, guys. Okay, thanks, Neil. Thank you. All right, so thank you, Neil, uh, for the questions. Um, in summary, while we're cautiously optimistic that we are emerging from the worst of the pandemic, we have confidence in our strong financial and operational positions and the fundamentals of the business. This outlook allows us to renew the NCIB while still having the resources to focus on the growth and diversification of the business. Over the past few years, we've been laser focused on the cost structure and improving efficiencies of our operations and investing for future growth. This has paid off consistently for the last six quarters. In that time, we have successfully diversified the business while growing profitably. Packaging now represents 32% of our revenues and U.S. Envelope represents 23%. The aggregate of these markets brings our share of revenues from the Canadian Envelope market to below 50%. The long-term objective remains to be a 50-50 split between packaging and envelope, and this new milestone is an important step in reaching that objective. While conditions are improving and governments are gradually lifting restrictions across the country and North America as a whole, the well-being of our employees and servicing our customers at a high level remains our number one priority. Specific operational priorities for the next couple quarters are laser focus on supply chain and passing through inflation the continued optimization of production capacity and capabilities to support our growth markets, and the integration and growth of Vistagraphic communications while looking for additional opportunities for both, both organic and non-organic growth in value-added packaging. Our long-term strategy remains the same. Maximize the cash flow generation from envelope operations while further growing our packaging business in Canada and the U.S. This completes my closing remarks. Take care, everyone, and we'll talk to you next quarter. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating and ask that you please disconnect your lines. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.